Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Biliteracy Now podcast. I'm your host, Diana, and today I'm discussing read-alouds in a bilingual classroom with a very special guest. Thank you again for joining me. As always, you can follow me on any social media platform at Biliteracy Now and visit my blog byliteracynow.com and search for a post titled The Magic of Read-Alouds if you want to learn more. Now let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. I'm here today with, and do you want to say your name? Yes, hi, Jennifer Rivera right here. Okay. And where can people find you on social media? People can find me on Instagram and only Instagram, uh, Beyond Bilingue. Okay, perfect. And tell me about your current position. What, what grade do you teach? And then what's your title? I always get a kick out of saying my title <laughs> because it's a mouth. I teach. Okay, check this out. I am a third grade, dual language, two-way, self-contained teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I can't leave one of those out. Because they all you know, matter. The program evolved so, so much that they all matter. So it's a mouthful, but I am proud of it. That's good. And how many years have you been teaching third grade? This is my 10th year in the classroom, and they've all been in third grade. Okay. So 10th year, all been in third grade. Okay. Nice. And that's kind of scary to say. I mean, you know, it, they fly by. I could have sworn it was like year three last year or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you enjoy third grade? I do. I do. It's funny because when I first started, of course, I um, went through that whole I want to teach kindergarten thing. Mm-hmm. And then I did student teaching. And I kind of changed my mind. And I thought, okay, I want to do first grade. And then I actually worked at the campus I'm on right now as an interventionist for a year before I was given the position in the classroom. And that totally changed my mind. I said, there is no way I can do anything lower than third grade. And I kind of found a, found a home and I've been there ever since. So I think it's a good fit. That's good. And so I kind of want to start off by asking you what, how would you define a read aloud? Okay, yes. And I was so excited when you reached out to me to talk about this. And I will warn you, you might have to stop me because <laughs> I could just talk about read alouds all day long. <laughs> Hence my page. Um, I don't know, read alouds to me, just, you know, the, the standard definition, of course, you know, it's storytelling. It's, mm-hmm. it's story time, pretty much. And of course, we're modeling all those strategies that good readers do. And we're thinking out loud and Doing, doing all that academic stuff, of course. I, I don't want to minimize that at all. Mm-hmm. But I think my passion for read aloud sparks up because to me, it goes beyond that. Um, I think a read aloud is just, it's a conversation starter. Um, mm-hmm. I think a, a read aloud is just a way of connecting to experiences that you might not ever get to have otherwise, or, you know, to meet people that you might, you know, pass people or people from other cultures. It just kind of opens the door, I think, to spark that joy of reading mm-hmm. um you know don't know what they don't like if they're not exposed to it mm-hmm. read alouds just oh my gosh to me they just connect all the other learning i guess is the best way that i would summarize what a read aloud, read aloud is to me mm-hmm. it's a way it's a doorway to just connect everything else yeah i really love your definition of a read aloud because i feel like that's one of the things that As a coach, I get asked a lot about a read aloud, like what does it look like? Um, What is the purpose of a read aloud? 
and it really is like a, it's sort of like a starter and it's really a way to like you said um, grow the love of reading you know because you're you're exposing your students to one what good reading sounds like or they listen to read alouds and they've never even heard of whatever topic it is you know definitely definitely I mean some of the conversations it sparks up are not conversations that you could just have at the lunch table and randomly talk about it just mm -hmm. kind of gives you that starting point to have and you know people are always kind of taken back when I share some of the conversations we have because they are third graders mm -hmm. but I think a lot of times we dismiss what a child is capable of doing or thinking because we're so focused sometimes on either labels or re mm -hmm. reading levels or you know things like that and mm -hmm. and we just gotta to me a book just opens up a bunch of possibilities and conversations mm -hmm. now you're an avid reader just like me aren't you Yes, I am a total book nerd, and I cannot, I would never even try to hide it. There's no possible way. Uh -huh. I have a book in my purse at all times. <laughs> you sound like me. I love, love, love reading. And I read the same book like three three times. I, I really do. I go through my library. I'm like, okay, what, what do I feel like reading again? This one. Let me read this one again. Yes, and that's why I don't know if you saw when I put on my post, you know, I said, y'all tune in. It's probably gonna sound like two nerdy friends just talking about books because I know you're <laughs> such a passionate reader as well yeah but I, to me even as a kid like that was my thing to do I mm -hmm. was you know people might see my page and think oh my gosh she's so out there she's so social I was that kid that like Friday night went home and just chilled out and read to me that was kind of my escape from just things going on at school or at mm -hmm. home or whatnot you know and mm -hmm. I think that's where kind of the passion for it to share with children also comes from subconsciously you know without yeah. knowing it yes for I know sure I know what it did for me I should say so I just kind of want to give that opportunity to others as well because kids nowadays aren't just gonna all of a sudden say I want to read that sounds like a good thing to try today yeah, I know. isn't that, it's kind of sad. It, it kind of breaks my heart whenever um, students aren't really, I mean, they're quicker to pick up an iPad than they are to pick up a book. Yes. You know? it's, it's shocking when you actually even share books because we do read alouds, you know, of course, around the couch and we do read alouds, um, me walking around the room, but we also do read alouds from technology. Mm -hmm. And that kind of blows our mind sometimes. And I'm like, you yeah, know, there's so much more you can do on technology. There's no... Um, there's really no way of talking down. You know, we've got to utilize it as a as a strength. I mean, as much as it takes away from what we know and we love, we've just got to kind of meet them halfway as well. Yeah. And show, show them all the stuff that I loved. It just looks different for you now, but you can still ex access it, you know? Right, exactly. I know that's something that I think I think a lot of us have to learn because it's really hard to think about an iPad and think that there's a book inside the iPad, even though a yeah, lot of times there is. Um, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around that because I love the smell of old books. Yes, yes. <laughs> they think I'm such a weirdo. I'm like, you know, I make it a big deal at, at school, but I don't read on an iPad and I'm currently taking online classes and it takes all of me to not print the 500 pages because I need the paper. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. time's changing and we've kind of got to go with it. Right. So um, tell me, what does a read it out look like in your classroom? Because I know a lot of teachers that are going to be listening 
are bilingual educators. A lot of them teach third grade, second grade, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, and they really want to know what does it look like in a, you know, dual language classroom like yours. Okay, well, I I have a couch in my classroom. Mm-hmm. We do the flexible seating in my room, and the kids absolutely love it. And we gather around the couch most of the time. Um, we do have pillows. You know, they pull up a chair. Some sit on the floor. I sit on the couch. Um, sometimes one or two friends join me, and we just you know take it back and do storytelling. And like I said, sometimes it's based around they know it's based around something academic, and we're looking you know for certain things but sometimes you know at the end of the day we also read a chapter book and that's just for entertainment and let's relax and so it kind of looks different depending on the purpose of it of the intention we want for it Mm -hmm. but read alouds also look you know last week I did a read aloud on the three little pigs and I dressed up like the big bad wolf and (laughs) and put little visors on my kids to be little pigs and that that was our read aloud so it kind of brought it to life a little bit Mm-hmm. And like I said, sometimes the read aloud is projected on the screen and there's a lot of pausing to talk through it, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Depending on sort of, well, on a lot of things, like the genre that you're reading at the time, um, <laughs> what you're teaching, and then just maybe the mood of the class. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we hear about all these brain breaks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a brain break is getting off of your seat and mm-hmm. laying down to a story yeah and sometimes it's putting a big bad wolf visor on and running around the room you know controlled chaos is what I say but mm-hmm. just brain breaks can look different as well and like I said reading can just connect all of those things right right um, that's so true um, how often do you do a read aloud in your classroom okay for those listening <laughs> yes. don't freak out I'm going to ask you again because I want them to really hear this question. (laughs) How often do you do a read aloud in your classroom? I do a read aloud every single day. Thank you. (laughs) Every single day. Todos los días. Mm -hmm. And life gets crazy in teacher life, and I totally understand. But once you get in the routine, the kids will Mm -hmm. ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already happened this year, which blows my mind because it's a lot quicker than last year. But they get into it. And Miss mm-hmm. Rivera, we haven't read a book today. Are you going to read to us? And, you know, what better way to spark the passion for a read aloud than for the kids asking for it and mm-hmm. wanting it? Mm-hmm. So we do, um, we set our goal to read 100 read alouds. And of course, the very first day of school, they're like, what? There's no way. And we divided up 50 in English, 50 in Spanish. Like I said, two-way, dual language. Mm-hmm. And they think it's so unattainable. And we're already at like 20-something mm-hmm. books per language. Mm-hmm. Like, we are going to meet this before. You know, I said our goal is to get halfway by Christmas break. Now, like, we're going to get to it before. And they don't know, you know, we're going to surpass that goal. <laughs> right. And we don't count all the library books they're reading. I mean, it's just, it sparks their joy for reading, and it just goes from there. And they hold you accountable for it. Right, right. So it is possible, and I just want want to say that because I know listeners are going to be like, there is no way, trust me. I didn't, you know, first year teaching, mm-hmm. if I remind, I did not do a read aloud every day. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be completely honest. I didn't. But through the years, I've learned just the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And more than that, the impact. Um, 
being completely transparent, okay, dual language teachers out there, we've got a lot on our plate. Mm -hmm. We've got to do reading, you know, in both languages and reading in math and science and social studies. So we switch content and we switch language throughout the day. So to me, read alouds are what allow everything to fit in. Mm-hmm. Because as we do a read aloud, guess what? That's going to serve for science. That's going to serve for the conversation that we're going to do in math. That's going to serve for the conversation that we're going to do in reading in the other language. Yes. You know, and we it nurtures that bilingual um, confidence in them as well. Yeah, we read that book in Spanish, but guess what? We can do activities with it in English and we can extend the lesson in the other language. So it's kind of, it's honestly kind of like a little cheat sheet. <laughs> we kind yeah. of take this and it allows all these other subjects to kind of flow. Right. I'm so glad that you said that because I know a lot of people that listen don't believe that you can do a read aloud every single day, but really you can. And it's not just, you know, oh, it's because they're at this grade level. I've taught first grade, second, third, and fourth. Mm-hmm. And I've done a read aloud every day of the school year in yeah. all of those grade levels. Because even if it was like a crazy day, you know, like a field trip day or like picture day, you know, any type of day that's just, you know, an abnormal type of day. Uh-huh. It's one thing that we always did was a read aloud because it was like, OK, well, you know, we have our field trip, but we're not leaving for another hour or 30 minutes. Well, guess what? In 30 minutes or 20 minutes, we're going to do a read aloud. They always had that to look forward to. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It, as hectic as school can get on those days, mm-hmm. it gives them that constant, um, you know, that procedure. They know it. They know mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That everything else in the day can change times, but that's going to happen. And I like that you said that, you know, after a field trip at the end of the day, not all my read alouds are tied into academics mm-hmm. on the day that we read them, even if at all. Sometimes those hectic days, read aloud is that chapter book we're reading and we're just waiting for the bell to ring at the end of the day, mm-hmm. reading by the couch. And that still is exposure and joy in reading. They have to see that it's also a joy to read, not just tied to academics. Exactly. And also, like, don't be afraid to even switch up the scenery. Because one of the things that I used to do too often in the classroom was I would take them outside. Yeah. You know, let's go sit under the tree. And it's I mean, only when it was obviously like true Texas fall weather, not like right now, because right now it's like 100 degrees. (laughs) But like around January, you know, when it kind of felt like fall, (laughs) we would go outside and read under a tree. You know, sometimes we I had to do that to kind of get them, you know, motivated and excited about their read aloud. So yes, yes, I like that. I'm gonna Yeah, Texas girl. Yes. (laughs) We're gonna wait. What are some read aloud tips that you would like to share with teachers to kind of help them with their read alouds? Now, I will say the first, the first thing that comes to mind is a, a lot of times the questions that I get, you know, through Instagram or just through coworkers, new teachers, is what book goes with this skill? What mm-hmm. book would you recommend for this skill? And there's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, first skill you could, I mean, you know, sequence, that's any book. Mm-hmm. So I think my very first tip would be check out some children's books. Yes. Um, you know, Teacher Life, I know we don't have time to read, but they're easy reads for us. Mm-hmm. And just expose yourself to kid books. Expose yourself to read-alouds. Um, 
you you can't share a book with passion if you don't know it. Yes. Feel it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, I can, <laughs> I always imagine people rolling their eyes when I'm talking because I might low key do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. In a so to those people, if you are rolling their eyes, like just think, this is my 10th year in the classroom. And this last week, this week, I discovered a new book and it's one of my new favorites and it's not a new release book. It's just a book that I had not read. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was an old, it's a used book and I just grabbed it. It looked interesting. I read it and we did a lesson on it this week and it went amazing. And I think part of that was because it was a new book to me too. Mm-hmm. So I was sharing it with freshness and I was sharing it with a new joy for it because I had just discovered it myself. Yes. So I think my very first tip is expose yourself to books so that yes. you can share them with passion. Right. Find an author or a type of book that you like and go from there. Mm-hmm. And even because, ask the person like down the hall, what are you reading this week to your students? Definitely. Um, I would say that's definitely the best PD is to reach out to your coworkers. Um, I have the, I have an awesome team. Mm-hmm. Um, no, our school just has our public, our library and every teacher in our, in our campus, I believe has, you know, their library and sharing and the kids see that too. Like, Oh, you know, my teacher borrows books from her and it's just growing that culture of reading throughout your school mm-hmm. kind of going beyond the classroom as well. Exactly. And they help me their books all the time and vice versa. So that's my number one tip. And I like what, what you said as well please read it before um reading it before also allows you to just know what points you want to stop at and talk about knowing what conversations might come out of it um there's some books that could go into very deep conversations and kind of if you're not prepared for it it could catch you you know off guard off guard for sure and the kids i mean that vibe rubs off um I had three kids walk in, meet the teacher, and flat out tell me they didn't like to read or they're not good readers. Mm. And they're reading, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they, um, it's all about finding what they like. And mm-hmm. like I said at the beginning of this, kids don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't like if they're not exposed to it. Exactly. So it's definitely a, a way to expose them to genres they might not pick up otherwise. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, is there anything else that you would like to add, uh, read aloud wise or not? Maybe some tips for just bilingual teachers in general that are listening, if you wanna add something. Um, it's October, let's hang in there. Um, I think we're all <laughs> you know, feeling like we're drowning right now. So definitely for sure, no, you're not alone. Um, everyone's counting down for Thanksgiving break, but <laughs> on the way there, let's just try to have some fun. And I think um, reading is a way to get there and just tying it into your classroom and definitely reach out to me if there's anything that I can do to help. It's truly a passion of mine because I know and I've seen firsthand the impact that it can have. Mm-hmm. And really, um, there's no grade level for read aloud. And I guess I just, I want to say that loud and clear. It does not matter if you teach fifth grade, seventh grade, mm-hmm. eighth grade. I dream of the day that we see read alouds in high school classrooms. And, uh, you know, 
I don't ever see myself teaching high school, but mm -hmm. I have toyed with the idea. Like if I ever did, that's the sole purpose is to go to a higher grade just to include read alouds because hello, podcast, yes. audiobooks, you know, we're never too old for a read aloud. So if, you know, teacher life, we have no life, you know, we have no life. We have no time <laughs> to have a life. Same. Um, <laughs> you know, listen to them on audiobooks, on podcasts. You know, it, it can be children's books to expose yourself to them. And just keep in mind, you're never too old for one. So we're never, it's true. I'm never too old to be read to. I would love someone to say, I want to read you a book. I'd, I'd sit down and be like, please, please begin. Yes. And just, I want to add that my husband actually teaches seventh grade and 10th grade and he reads allowed to them every yes. day that makes me so happy mm -hmm. y'all are like such a power couple i love it um, he's like me he loves reading i think he loves writing more than reading but um he loves reading as well but yeah in our, oh in, in our house we love to read and write yes and i know that's a whole nother podcast and i'm not gonna get way off but i just want to tell you one of my main goals for this year because i try to grow in some area every year mm -hmm. and this year it was writing and you know i went to your um to your session yeah. this year, mm -hmm. and it, it sparked me up and i was like okay this is another sign writing is going to elevate this year i'm going to be more intentional and read alouds have connected to our writing so mm -hmm. much mm -hmm. which we always connected it but now i don't I, you know being so intentional about it yes. their writing is already surpassed where my class last year was mm -hmm. and I know it's just the joy that you portrayed with it the you know they see that it's my goal so they're making it their goal mm -hmm. and guys mm -hmm. if you teach a writing level uh, like I said there's no grade level for it but I've definitely seen the impact of it in their writing as well yes I think it's it's and it's so easy to marry you know uh, writing with a read aloud it's just like a reading response I mean jot down in your journal what you think the character is feeling at the moment or any type of question and just having them do that maybe three times a week will make a big difference in their writing but you also have to like have that willingness to want to do that and really good for you that you're thinking of something new to add every year because that's something that I think a lot of teachers um, lose sight of after 10 years, you know, 15 years yeah. in the classroom. But I'm so happy to hear that you are taking on new challenges every year. Yes, yes, I think we have to. I mean, it just, it, it keeps the job fresh and it keeps it um, as crazy as it drives us that things change every year. Mm -hmm. I think I would be bored yeah. if I did challenge myself every year and, um, if I don't want my students to be bored, I can't be bored either. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love hearing the passion in Jennifer's voice. I love hearing how every year she finds something to challenge herself with. And I hope that after listening to our conversation, that you feel motivated to want to challenge yourself as well. You can find Jennifer by following her on Instagram at Beyond Bilingue. And you can follow me at Biliteracy Now. I'm your host, Diana. You're listening to the Biliteracy Now podcast. And as always, my hope is that you leave inspired.